No, let's get into general strength. Yeah, so general strength, this is probably a little bit more where my forte is here over than specific arm strengthening and stuff like that. Again, I I can't I would be remiss if I didn't tell you again that the big three squats, deadlifts, bench press. If you can do that and you have access to something to do that, that is by far, no question, the best, most efficient, highest ceiling sort of thing you can do for strength training. And I get that that is not available to everyone. But if it is available to you or if it can be available to you, don't have a gym membership and you could get one or... If you have room in your garage, you could literally get a setup of everything you need. I mean, for probably under, I think I got my initial setup when I did mine for the first time under 700 bucks. Now, I know that's not cheap, but again, if you're trying to decide between a gym membership and that, you divide that up by the number of months you'd have a gym membership, it's not so bad. Plus, I find that when it's in my garage and all I have to do is walk downstairs, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more willing and able to actually do the workout. Um, mm-hmm. I know other people prefer to like, okay, I have to get dressed, go to a place, and that's what motivates them. So you kind of got to figure out yourself what motivates you too. But anyway, it's an option. And then again, as far as strength training, we talked about the resistance bands before. You can do, and you can get some pretty hefty resistance bands too, more than just fifty pounds if you wanted to, and you can kind of. Uh, mimic like the squat with a with a barbell or you can mimic like a deadlift um even a bench press and that sort of thing so you can still do things that are in those kind of still in those parameters um that can do similar types of things again you're going to hit a ceiling with those um just because again it's yeah you can get a huge hefty you know band but sometimes once you get those huge hefty bands they get a little bit hard to use a little bit more cumbersome but again you can do a lot of work with resistance band set of dumbbells um again these are all a little bit more expensive than some of the stuff we were talking about before if again if you're limited on space and you want to do these things at home you can usually check right now they're a little crazy but you can usually find the um adjustable dumbbells Um, They look kind of funky, in my opinion. They're kind of weird, but I have used them before. If you can get a set of adjustable dumbbells, you can do a lot of work with those. Again, I think I just saw an Amazon ad for those Bowflex adjustables that go from 5 to 55 pounds, and they were like, I think it was like 80 bucks. That's not bad. It, it It was really price effective considering how expensive weights had been during covid yeah, if, um, if you find that price, I would buy them for sure. Like, I might go buy them right now if that's the right. case. Like, I've got some where I can like take take them on and off. I've got little loadable dumbbells, but yeah, that's huge. Again, tons you can do with it, especially if you're if normally you would do nothing in your off season, and now you're gonna do this as something. This is a very good something. So I would I would definitely uh, try to find some some of the things like that, and then. Again, even if you're trying to be even more cost effective than that, I I can't. I, it sounds weird and it sounds very like I don't know, like backcountry. I don't. I don't even know what you want to call it. But literally, go to Home Depot, go to Lowe's. You can buy sandbags and you can load those sandbags to probably I don't know. I would guess sixty to seventy pounds if you wanted to. You can do so much stuff with a sandbag. 
you throw know, it on your back and do squats. Honestly, throw on an each shoulder, right? You can do squats. Pick them up from the ground like a deadlift or, you know, especially if you're using something like this, like a, um, like a sandbag or something like that that's a little bit, it's not quite as evenly weighted. You can do, you can look up things that are, uh, it's, I guess it's uh, an area of strength training or strength, I guess, competition called strongman. Um, you can look up some strongman exercises. So there's a lot of stuff that involves like picking stuff up off the ground or like just carrying it over over a distance. And that stuff will be hugely, hugely helpful, especially, again, if you're not doing anything already. That, that stuff would be huge too. And it, all this stuff is going to make... So for when you talk about general strength, it applies to everything. If you are generally stronger... You hit the ball harder, you throw the ball harder, you most likely, just because you're used to moving your body more often, you're probably more flexible, and you're probably a little quicker to move, too. So I I cannot emphasize enough, general strength training is going to make your game just better all the way around. Um, and also the idea of general strength training, usually, unless you just eat just a crazy amount of food it's gonna make your body composition a little bit more favorable as well so you're gonna be a little bit more muscular a little less body fat even if you stay the same weight even if you don't gain or lose so again more muscle less fat you're gonna be a little easier running around if you lose a little bit of weight like again i I was telling myself i was 220 i'm now down to 210 i definitely feel a lot better on the field um if I am not quite as strong, it's pretty negligible at this point. It doesn't affect how hard I can hit. At least it's not as far as I can tell and that sort of thing. So again, gaining general strength can help you with that body composition as well. So maybe your 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 muscle goes up, your fat goes down, maybe you lose a little weight. Now you're a little quicker on your feet. Now you can jump a little higher for that line drive over your head. You can move side to side a little quicker, you know, that sort of thing. So I think general strength stuff like that is super helpful in all aspects so assuming too you don't have access to a you know a rack a squat rack where you can do squats and deadlifts and those types of things and you don't have access to a gym or you don't feel comfortable because of covid to go to the gym you don't have the capital or are not willing to invest in getting yourself dumbbells or barbells and those things there are a lot of other options still. We've talked yep. about the resistance bands that you use that you can attach handles to. You know, you can attach the 50 and the 40 and the 30 and get that up to 150 pounds. And you can do a lot of work with that. And again, that's just that $125 investment. The other thing you can do is you can do a lot of body weight exercises. Yep. I mean, one thing as an as a human that you can get better at always is supporting your body. So doing bodyweight squats, doing push-ups, doing pull-ups, you're training your body to better support itself in all different aspects of movement. And then you can find ways to enhance those exercises once you've gotten to a point where maybe you can do 50 straight push-ups, you know, and you don't feel like you're gaining anything further. There are things you can do like strap a resistance band around by holding it in your palms and as you push up that resistance band is stretching and you're adding resistance to those push-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, Elevate I don't currently have a, yeah, yeah. I don't have a gym membership currently, so when I do my bodyweight squats, um you can get just resistance 
bands that are just a complete stretched band and I'll put it on my quads and work on having a little extra resistance for my glutes when I do bodyweight squats. And so you're just adding a little bit of extra resistance to that and a pack of, you know, extra light, light, medium, strong, extra strong bands is $15. Yeah. You know, so you can find little ways to add resistance to just general body weight exercises. You know, you tricep dips with a chair. Most everybody probably has a chair at home that they can do dips and, you know, decline push-ups, incline push-ups. Like you can get really creative with the resources Mm -hmm. that you have or don't have because you still have your body and you can still put it in positions to strengthen it, even without using any type of formal weights or anything like that. Yeah, Um, for sure. My question for you, Mm -hmm. maybe you don't have the ability to invest in any of those things. You Mm -hmm. don't go to the gym. Um, You know, maybe you just personally don't want to do those exercises in front of people because you don't want to be judged. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's all different kinds of things. But I do feel comfortable closing the blinds on my living room and turning on something on YouTube and doing an exercise class. I know you've talked about this before, but can you expand on what hit workouts are and why sure. hit workouts are some of the best that you can do for softball? Sure. So hit is H I I T stands for high intensity interval training. So usually these are <clears throat> really good for they're They're going to, um, you're going to gain a lot of endurance doing this and specifically for softball, it's going to be helpful because the high intensity part of the interval training is, Again, you're going to basically, you're going to work real, real hard for a short time and then you rest and then you work real hard for a short period of time. So again, in softball, if we think about it, it's not like soccer where you are basically running at some speed for 45 minutes. Like it's not like that with softball, you're standing in place and then you just have to burst of speed for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, maybe, you know, so whether that's on the field, whether that's, uh, you know, at the plate, whatever it is. So what that's going to do is it's going to actually really help you with endurance in short, uh, intense bursts. So you're going to, you're going to really do that. And again, with a high intensity interval training type workout, usually these are done in 15 minutes. It's not like a, it's not a super long, you know, hour and a half program or something like that. Um, and again, will significantly increase your, uh, your endurance and your probably your sprinting ability just because you're not huffing for breath quite as much. If you again are currently, like I said, if you're currently doing nothing, this something will actually increase just general strength to a certain point. Again, it's these all have ceilings, um, for, for each individual type of thing. And, while it doesn't have a super high ceiling for strength training, again, if you're doing nothing, it's definitely going to add something for you. So absolutely a good idea. Again, if I was to recommend it for something, if you wanted to be specific, specifically, I think HIT is going to help you with your your kind of running, jumping, basically your, your speed and agility type of stuff. And then you're going to get a little bit of residual uh, kind of strength uh, out of it as well. So um, I definitely like those. Thankfully, here in San Francisco, we have these really great things that we can use uh, for workouts like this, and you can find them everywhere. They're called hills. There's hills everywhere. I currently live on a hill that is a 17.5% grade, and I cannot tell you how useful it is to start at the bottom, 
you sprint for 10 seconds and then you stop and you just gas for breath for 30 seconds and then you sprint 10 more seconds. All you gotta do is run up the hill one time basically and then walk back down and that's a pretty good workout. So if you it have a hill. Clients, his personal training clients run up the hill too. So I, I've done that, I have done that. From a business perspective and people come back. They do, because <laughs> it works, it works. Uh, but yeah, it's again, if you don't live in a place like San Francisco that has hills like that literally everywhere, most like drive around your neighborhood, usually you can find a hill. Sometimes I remember back in Illinois where it's ultra flat is a lot of times there would be like a retaining pond, like next to a, a shopping center or something like that, where they would build up, you know, basically like the two sides would pyramid up 40 feet or so. And then inside it was basically a pond to catch all the water for runoff of parking lots and stuff like that easily could run up and down that thing a number of times. Uh, famously, again, I'm from Illinois. I'm a big Chicago Bears fan. Famously, uh, Walter Payton, back in the day, probably one of the best running backs to ever live, ever play the game. That's what he used to do. There's actually a place that was not far from where I used to live that was called, uh, I think he, it was called Walter's Hill or Payton's Hill. I can't remember. It was one of the two. It was, it was his name because it was literally the hill that he would run all off season. He would sprint up and down this hill all off season, and it works for him. That's for sure. So, I mean, Jerry again, Rice, Jerry Rice here in the Bay Area made famous his hill workout yeah. that he would do every single day as well. So, you know, you've got two of the best football players that have ever played the game yeah. that vouch for running hills consistently. Yes, for their strength, their speed. And just general fitness. Yeah, and again, both guys were fast and strong. Now, granted, they did other things too, but they were both fast, strong, agile. Like those are all things that translate to being a better softball player as well. So it's not just like, oh, well, I found this football workout; it doesn't really work for me. It absolutely can. So again, if your body is getting stronger, faster, fitter, more, you know, have more endurance, all of those things are going to translate to the softball field for sure. So. The last piece that I want to talk about, which I think is probably the smallest aspect of strength training, but I would argue is one of the most critical from personal experience is flexibility and, and, and stretching. Mm-hmm. You know, a perfect example is I, in my college career, dealt with consistent hamstring issues, which is probably one of the most common softball issues you see yep. out on the field. People pop their hamstring, they pull up lame, and they're like, man, I can't walk right. Um, I had that problem in college, too. It seems like every other season, I would just pull my hamstring. And it, it's not like what you guys get at the softball field where you, you know, you kind of, it just hurts for a week or two. I had one where I literally couldn't lick, lift my leg for like four weeks. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty significant one. And the only thing that I found, and unfortunately, I found stretching. And flexibility in my fourth year, which is probably like, <laughs> I guess, better late than never. Sure. But um, I wish I would have thought about this or learned about the importance of it my freshman year was just how important it is to stretch as frequently as possible. Um, you know, and we're not talking about just like bending over and touching your toes. Um, you know, you really want to focus, especially for your arm strength, constantly stretching your arm, you know, so doing your crossbody which is kind of one of the standard ones, you know, doing your lifting your elbow up and pushing it down with your hand on your back to really focus on stretching your tricep. Um, you know, doing a lot of those stretches on your upper body is really going to help with 
arm fatigue and flexibility and, and making you throw better. And then getting your lower body and stretching some of those smaller muscle groups that you don't think about, especially if you sit a lot. And a lot of us yeah. work desk jobs where we sit all the time. You know, it's very, very common to get this thing called APT or anterior pelvic tilt, where you're putting a lot of stress on your hamstrings because you have really weak glutes mm -hmm. or piriformi. And so, you know, stretching your hamstrings is good, but when your hamstrings are in a position where they're already being overworked, you really need to focus on helping out those hamstrings by alleviating some of the tension that's being caused by some of the day-to-day -day things that we don't even think our bodies are addressing. Um, you know, so I can't stress enough how important it is to really stretch your piriformi through a, a lot of different stretches. Uh, anybody that does yoga will know the pigeon stretch or the pigeon pose. That's a really great way to stretch your piriformi. Um, I'm sure Cam can give us a lot of other ones as well. But I think one of the things that you can do in the offseason is build flexibility. And it may not provide immediate major returns as far as like elevating your game, your body is going to be able to kind of handle the stresses of yeah. your softball season and prevent you from injuring yourself, which mm -hmm. I think is the other important thing you need to do in the off season is prepare your body and put it in a good position to handle the stresses and rigor of seasons and tournaments. Yeah. And that's a really easy way to do it. And it takes five to 10 minutes you know, once or twice a day and, no and you're going to see, you will probably in general, you will probably feel better when you run or when yeah. you throw by doing that stretching, even if it's not adding, you know, oh, I didn't lift five or 10 or 20 more pounds and therefore my, my shoulders or my arms look bigger, but your body will just feel better. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most underappreciated aspects of, you know, body maintenance as it comes to playing any sport or just maintaining a good physical composition to, to make you feel good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one thing I'll add to this is, so two, I guess two things. One thing that I used to, one of my good friends, shout out to Pan, that was also my, uh, my roommate for a really long time. I've known since I was a kid, he's a massage therapist. And one of the big things that he just like concepts that he talked to me about that really stuck with me is especially if you have something that like you have a muscle that's sore. So you think about all oh, my lower back is sore or one of the big things that was interesting to me is I used to have, it would feel like it wouldn't quite be a cramp, but it would feel like the arch of my foot was like really tight. And so he kind of just told me about the concept of that your big muscles are always pulling on the little muscles that are pulling on the littler muscles that are pulling on the littler muscles. So the best example I can give for this was like, again, I had that arch of my foot was type of, was kind of sore and I couldn't, it felt tight. I couldn't quite figure it out. And he just instructed me. He said, the problem is most likely that it's either your calf or it's your hamstring or it's your glute. Cause those are all bigger muscles that are all connected basically. And so he's like, so example would be your glute is kind of tight. So it pulls on your hamstring, but your hamstring is a pretty big muscle so it can handle it. So it pulls and puts pressure on your calf, but your calves is still a pretty big muscle too. But then where all that stuff attaches at the end, kind of in the middle of your foot is where you'll feel the pain. And so whenever you start feeling a pain like that, or you feel like, man, I really just can't get like 
I, you know, I can't get my, my, my forearm just won't stretch out today. Think about your, your bicep, think about your tricep, think about your shoulder muscles, getting all those loose. And then all that stuff will loosen up and it'll allow the, the smaller muscles at the end of that chain to stay loose. So, um, just a good kind of, um, I guess, strategy to think about when you are thinking about what you're trying to stretch out or what you're trying to stay loose or if something is sore. Second thing I really like too, mostly what Jason was just talking about, a lot of that would be considered um, static stretching, which again is very helpful, especially, and again, for some people, it's the only thing that really works. Static static stretching works a little bit for me, but I found that uh, more active or I guess you call it active or resistance stretching is what really helps me. So like I can, let's say I can like pull my foot back and kind of try to stretch my quad and it'll kind of stretch out. But what really helps for me is if I kind of get in that position and then I actually try to push my leg away while I'm pulling it back with my hand. And basically what it's doing is causing that muscle to really, really flex and just do that for like a second or two and hold it, let go second or two, hold it, let go. And that, for me at least, really loosens up whatever muscle I'm working on too. So again, you can definitely implement both strategies. And at least what I find from some of my clients and just other people I've worked with in the past, that some people are very on one side of that spectrum or the other. And some people are in the middle and they both help in different ways. So try out all those strategies, again, just to try to feel loose and just able because again if your muscle is a little bit tight and sometimes you can't even tell like if you don't think about it if it's a little tight and then it tries to get pushed a little too far because you were trying to throw a ball really hard really quickly or you swung a little off balance or whatever then that's when it puts extra stress and that's sometimes you can pull a muscle or whatever it might be so just having those warm and mobile is always a good thing and again it's a thing you can do by yourself you can do it at home i mean you could do it at your office. Literally. I mean, unless you work at some sort of like slave driver, like you can get up, you know, every couple of hours for 15 minutes, you know, or whatever you can go, you know, you have a, you know, when everybody's taking their smoke break, don't smoke kids. It's that won't help your softball game. If you, everybody else is taking your smoke break, just walk around and stretch out a little bit. Just move, you know, just, just get moving, take a walk, you know, stuff like that. Um, I think just hear that, that Jay-Z take a walk, take a walk, JC. Um, yeah. So it's, I think just being, trying to be more mobile than you currently are is always going to make an improvement. And then once you're a little bit more mobile, try to be even more mobile than that. And then again, build, that's what it is. You have four to six months of an off season, most likely you can get a lot of things done in four to six months as far as changing your strength, your endurance, your speed, your body composition, whatever it is. Like a lot of that stuff can be done. And again, you can do it a step at a time because you got a lot of time. You know what I what I got from all that is take a walk. You'll feel better and your on base percentage increases. <laughs> True. And sometimes you don't even have to have four balls to do it. Sometimes you can do it at the office. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. I think that um, wraps up strength training for the off-season program. I think it does. I think it does. Um, Yeah, I think we kind of covered it. Again, if you guys have any additional questions, please leave them in the comments here. We're on it. We've got our Facebook page now. I think that's where most people are going to be engaging us anyway. So stop in there. Give us a like drop a question. We'll try to respond as quick as possible. You know, we, 
we're we're here to help. That's the whole idea of this podcast is to pass on any knowledge we may have to the community or start discussions or whatever it might be. So please do. Please do. Jump in there on Facebook. Make sure to like the page or follow the page. Uh, we still got a couple days left before we'll raffle off some free yes. Riot swag. Again, thanks, Ryan, yes. for uh, awesome. willingly throwing up some Riot swag. So follow the page. This is the first of a few pods that we'll record about off-season training. We did strength training today. We're still going to cover speed and skill training. Skill yep. training will jump into things like batting practice, things you're focusing on. We're going to get into T work, you know, different things like that, as well as fielding stuff. So, you know, any new questions that cover strength, we'll make sure to cover those. We've got some questions we've already received about the stuff we'll talk about in the future, but happy to continue to engage with the community and just kind of talk through different things, new ideas. You know, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. And we want everybody to be better. So that way competition rises all the way, right? High tide raises all boats. That's that's what we're that's what we're trying to do here. So that's what we're trying to do. Ancient proverbs. Ancient proverbs. I like ancient proverbs. We've done a couple today, right? So we've got high tide raises all boats. We've got amateurs practice till they get it right and uh uh professionals practice. I don't get any credit for this. That's okay. You could Whenever you have ancient proverbs, please, please drop them in. <laughs> Thank you for watching, everyone. We really appreciate it. Depending on what platform you're watching us on, like, subscribe, leave us a comment. Anything you can do to let us know that you like what we're doing here, we really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.